This is TLDR Podcast, where we talk sports, MLB, NHLs, NBAs, pop culture, and nobody understands Westworld, and more. Top 10 alcoholic beverages. With your hosts, Alex. Yeah, boy. Eric. Yo. James. The San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league. Traded. Right. Oh, sit down, bud. And Tyler. Oh, damn where we do the research and trash-talking for you. What kind of cockamamie bullshit is Adam Silver thinking? <laughs> they're playing super hot right now, and they're... It's they're not finishing. Go. It's the middle of the season. Oh, I understand that, but I'm saying that they're, they're moving towards that. Welcome to TLDR Podcast, presented by Anchor. How's it going, everybody? And welcome to TLDR Podcast. It is episode 74. And it's just back with, with three of us. We're missing, we're missing, uh, we're missing Eric and, and Tyler again. But you know what? I think we had this. I'm here last week. It is I think Tyler's here, bro. Al, you mean Alex? <laughs> That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yo, well, so for, for context for all you listeners, uh we're we're kind of batting a thousand going into this. I mean, we're already fucking up what we're supposed to do it's, it's it might be it might be a tough one this week so uh just bear with us um you know it's it's a little bit of rust we're just gonna we're just gonna um shake it off and we'll be back into it but um let, let's let's go to the boys james you had a very you had a pretty good sunday it was nice and chill your team fucking won dude your team finally won it did finally before we get into that i just want to say a quick thank you to everybody who reached out everybody who listens to the podcast they heard me say that it had been a tough week and i had a couple like more than a couple of people reached out to me. And so that was really good. I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Thank you for reaching out. And yes, I'm doing okay. It's getting better and better each day. So we're good. Uh, Sunday, I was so hungover. Oh, you were? <laughs> I drank way too much on that Saturday. So that was a lot of fun. Had a bill of like 400 plus and he went to a bar. It was, it was a good time. Um, Sunday was tough though, man. I like, I got to Trayton's house and I just passed out. Like I had to set an alarm for 10 a.m. to wake up because I was just not not feeling it. But thank God the Niners uh, did well. Otherwise, it'd just be a shit Sunday. Very chill, though. Very relaxing. Got to watch the Niners win. My fantasy team won big. So, you know, it's good all-around start to the week. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure, like, Jonathan Taylor won big. I mean, oh, yeah. like, he, he had, what, like a third of your – at least a third of your points. I am I'm close to 200 right now. I'm very close to 200. All right, points. so so you're 25. Who fourth. do you need? Who do you need to, to break that 200? Point Tom Brady needs to have 18 more points in the next half, which is oh, he's cool. he's about to he's about to uh, he's about to throw a touchdown to, to that will seal uh, Tyler's no, fate this week. No, he's not. We'll see, Tyler. <laughs> we missed you last week. Uh, we missed you yesterday. How are you? Wait, ah, bitch, there it oh. is. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, there you have it, that's folks. the week for me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, that's not sorry, Evans. Tyler. Right live, oh, it is right, right, right before we even Shit. get in anything. There so it just is. Got everybody heads up real fast. So the game was fantasy score. It was Tyler versus Trayton. It was a very close game. Pretty much Tyler's team was done. And then Trayton had Mike Evans playing. And all Trayton needed was a touchdown for Mike Evans. And there, it just happened. Uh, Mike Evans got right, a touchdown. Right on, right on this podcast. So that as long as that hurts. Mike Evans and, and it actually works out for times. both of us, James. You need the 18 points or whatever it was. You just got what is that at least six, maybe eight? 
Uh, six, four. It's four. <laughs> oh, well, well he, he's he's stepping in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Tyler, I, I know you're upset, but um, you know, how was your weekend? Yeah, you got me with Cooper Cup on a bye week, man. Lucky you. Um, but yeah, week was good. Weekend was good. Uh, spent it up in Davis, California, with the water polo team at their conference championships. Uh, we finished third, so we placed. We got a nice little shiny plaque trophy thing, so that was cool. Uh, didn't win, unfortunately, but hey, it was Why good. Why did you get a trophy? What? Why did you get a trophy? You didn't win. You don't deserve it. Well, we got third place, though, so we won something. But we didn't, we didn't win-win. You're the second loser. What do you mean? Yes, we're the second losers, which honestly, like we, 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 we went in as the four seed and climbed one spot. So, I mean – gotta appreciate that i mean it's okay james doesn't believe in in the bronze medal in the olympics so if you if, if you win third last, fuck right? you you're not good enough to even win. <laughs> if, if you win silver fuck you you're not good enough if you're not first you're last that's how it works ricky bobby yeah exactly <laughs> um but we stayed at this amazing hotel uh four-star hotel like they hooked it up uh so it was a it was a really fun weekend uh i enjoyed it uh water polo's over now so i pretty much don't have a lot going on until uh, baseball starts in February. So uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy the ch- a little more of a chiller schedule for me for the next couple months, at least. So. Well, it's good. Nice. Seems like, seems like you guys right around this time, most of the athletic trainers kind of get a little bit of a, the pressure valve kind of releases a little bit, you know, unless you work basketball, more, you guys. unless you work basketball, then you're screwed. Yeah. yeah that that's, is me. that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Depends on the sports, I guess. Yeah. So. Um, well, Thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving week edition of TLDR podcast. We're going to get right into it. You know what? We're not even going to we're not even going to wait. We're going to go right back to James. Let's talk football. I mean, yet another why uh, yet another we have a wire discussion after a week that was well, the afternoon game sucked. Like that was that was pretty boring football. But um, you know, there were some interesting things that happened. James, who do we pick up this week? It's getting a little freaking tough these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting very tough. I'll tell you guys who you should pick after I tell you about the update for our fantasy league. I won big. Um, Mike is done. I'm probably going to win by 60, 70 points. Uh, I'm going to be eight and three tied for first place with trading because trading probably won unless Mike Evans fumbles the ball six times. We'll see. Uh, so trading gets to eight and three. Tyler lost again. So he's now five and six. Eric also lost, and he is in sole possession of last place, like he's been in all season. He's one in ten, and Alex lost also at five and six. So we'll see how that goes. Teams on by this week are the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. So there are a lot of fantasy players on both sides of this here. So if you have any of these players, please listen up. Starting off strong with the quarterback position, I'm picking Tyrod Taylor from the Houston Texans. Honestly, anybody on this podcast, anybody listening, y'all should have like done what I had said because Cam Newton went off. I think he had like 25 points, and he was my waiver wire pick for quarterback last week. Y'all should listen and pick him up. He's better than most quarterbacks out there. Tyrod Taylor, though, rostered in 4.9% of leagues. He put up 19 points against the Titans, four for 24 or 14 for 24 for 107 yards, but he also added six carries for 28 yards and two touchdowns rushing. His passing numbers aren't great, and but they will get better. The thing is, he's coming back off an injury. This is just his second game back, give or take. His first game as a as a Texan, he had that huge week to get his first win against Jacksonville when uh, Brandon Cooks went off. Like Tyrod Taylor and Brandon Cooks have good chemistry. It's just not there yet, but it will be. The thing about Tyrod Taylor is that he's always going to give you some great rushing numbers. He's a mobile quarterback, a sp- smart quarterback. He knows what he's doing. 
he has a high floor, but a very low ceiling. He's going to be consistent in what he does. Um, but yeah, next up, they play the Jets. And I'm sorry, the Jets just aren't a good defense or a good team. And I had some very high hopes for him, but it's just, it ain't happening for New York this year. Chayden, what do you think, man? Yeah, I think this is, I think this is a solid pick. I mean, get, it's, it seems like, it, I, it, I feel like you're picking, we have to pick players that would, we would otherwise have already picked in the past, like, away from the, the ones we've already picked in the last couple of weeks. And I think Tyra Taylor's it's, this is his turn to kind of give the nod. Uh, you know, I, I could, I could easily throw up another player that we've already talked about, but that's not fun. Let's talk about other players. Tyra Taylor is interesting because yeah, his, his passing game has not been fantastic, but I guess if you go way back to week one, he has the ability to put up almost 300 yards um, and two touchdowns. I mean, he has the ability to do that. Is he going to do that? not 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 sure i mean that's the that's the low ceiling you talk of, you speak of but it's his rushing it's his rushing game that's that's of interest right it's you know he he had 28 rushing yards two rushing touchdowns and you never it, it, that dual threat is all that you need here um in in at this position especially in ppr so um you're playing the jets who are not very good um i mean this is this is a streaming option this is it's basically what, what where we're at right now if, you, if your starting quarterback is on a buy or you're looking you know or if you're in two quarterback league i don't know um this is a guy that you just pick up and stream while you can tyler always a good pick um but for another option for you how about uh taylor heineke you know this dude has been kind of up and down but a fairly consistent quarterback all year but at this point you really look at the matchups uh, the Washington football team takes on the Seattle Seahawks who last week made Colt McCoy look like a freaking stud. Uh, this is, is not a good defense. Uh, it's a pretty good matchup there. Um, I like Heineke with his consistency and against a weaker defense. Um, I think that's a pretty solid pick as well. See, I don't think Colt McCoy being good is a function of how bad the Seattle defense is. Cause to be real, since Colt McCoy's taken over Kyler Murray from Kyler Murray's injury, Colt McCoy has been killing it. And either it's a really good game plan by Cliff Kingsbury or Colt McCoy is coming into his own. But Colt McCoy is actually a good quarterback. He hasn't shown it in recent years at all or ever. But now with the Cardinals, he looks good. And so I don't think you can blame Seattle's defense for Colt McCoy going off because he's been going off the last three weeks. Yeah, but he had, like, but he had his best game against Seahawks, though. Like he looked even better than he had. And like, I mean, Colt, Colt McCoy was like, you know, a great quarterback. He should be a starter somewhere. But he's he's but he's a backup. So, bottom line is he's it's backup that he went off for twenty six points against a against a, a defense that realistically should be a lot better than it is. So how many points did he have against the Niners? He had like twenty eight, right? Off the top of my head, the I don't. Our defense is good. We, we 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 can fact check that, but I don't know off the top. Okay, we'll fact check that later. Who, who are we talking about? Cole McCoy. Cole McCoy. Uh, how many fantasy points did he have against the Niners three weeks ago? Uh, that's a good. Is it two? Is it two C's? It's probably two C's, isn't it? Yeah, MCCO. Yeah. MCCO. I mean, he is a good quarterback. Yeah, but he's just not... against against the Niners. He put up sixteen point two six. Oh, sixteen point eight. My God, he wrecked us. Yeah, I mean, oh, well. he was he. It was two hundred forty nine yards, but he didn't he didn't have any. You know, in the other, he only had one touchdown. So. Hmm. Um, put up three uh, touchdowns. Heineke, Heineke has been a better option. I mean, he's 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 got a couple twenty point, actually, a, I think a handful of twenty point um, weeks so far. So yeah, that's true. He has he has some good rushing upside to him too. I just don't know how long he can really last. If he's gonna run the way he runs, the motherfucker does not go down. He doesn't slide. He'll just take on kids. <laughs> it's not a good look for a quarterback. 
<laughs> nice pick, though, Tyler. I like it. Moving on to the running back position, I got Devontae Freeman from the Baltimore Ravens. And it's weird to say if he's a Baltimore Raven and not an Atlanta Falcon, but here we are. He's rostered in 34.7% of leagues. He put up 20 points against the Bears, which is a decent defense, but this time it was without Khalil Mack. 16 carries for 49 yards and a touchdown, but he also added six receptions for 31 yards. So to give you guys a full picture here, every single aspect of the story, Lamar Jackson was out this last game because of an illness, but that shouldn't deter you from picking up Devontae Freeman because even when Lamar Jackson was in the game and being a quarterback for the last couple of weeks, Devontae Freeman had some decent running yards. He had he was up there. He was the, the guy. Like, he had great workload while Lamar was quarterback. So, overall, it's going to decrease some value, but not all that much. And typically, in years past, historically, if you have a Ravens running back with Lamar Jackson in their center, you're, you're looking good. You want to pick those guys up because they run so much more than they pass. Up next, they play the Cleveland Browns. They don't have the best rushing defense because they just allowed 136 yards and a touchdown to DeAndre Swift of the Lions. The Lions, the worst team in the NFL right now. The Cleveland Browns gave 136 yards to the Lions, to DeAndre Swift, the one person. That's crazy. So if you have Devontae Freeman or anybody who's going to run against Cleveland, take them. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think another another point, you know, uh, having Lamar Jackson in there is uh, going to be a factor. But also, you know, a lot of people thought that Freeman's uh, uh, productivity went uh, up because of Latavius Murray's injury. But he came back last week and he still outpaced Murray by, by, by six carries and posted a season high re- reception total in that game last week. So seems like the Ravens like game planning with this guy. He seems to be like the new RB1 there in, in, in Baltimore. Uh, against a struggling Browns defense, this is a great pick. Trade, you got something to say? Um, I, I think that the Freeman's obviously the 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 best pick of, of the week. I mean, to be honest, this it's tough to go. It's tough to be in this position where you're going against. It's more so I'm using this using my my platform here to talk about an alternative because you know there's someone's going to pick up Freeman and you and it may not be you, so you got to pick up this guy. I look at I look at these situations where your your top running back kind of goes down, and uh, that's exactly what happened to Michael Carter at, uh, in New York um, with the Jets. So uh, Ty Johnson would be would be probably the guy I would go with here. Um, it, it, look, it, it's tough because we don't know where Michael Carter is going to be. You know, it's an ankle injury; it's always kind of up in the air, uh, and who knows? He might even be uh, he might even even be sheltered for much of the game. So this is where Ty Johnson comes in. Um, he has the ability to be, he, he, I mean, when he has, has had an attempt, he's been very efficient. Um, he has the ability to, to get you points uh, again. It's, it's tough. You're playing against the Texans who are, you know, we, we all know the Texans aren't great. This is going to be the battle of shitty teams. I mean, that's, so it's going to be like uh, on Sunday. So um, I think, I think this is just an opportunity to pick up a guy who's probably going to get most of the, most of the opportunities, um, on, you know, on the, on the day and take them all he can, as long as Michael Carter's out, if he's not, Move on. Tyler, if it was up to you after hearing Terrence's argument, would you pick Michael Carter or Devontae Freeman? Or would you pick Ty Johnson or Devontae Freeman? Yeah, I'm still going to go with Freeman on this one. Uh, I liked his production lately. I like the matchup. Can't go wrong with that. All right. Moving on to the wide receiver position, we're going to pick somebody from the same team as Ty Johnson, and that's Elijah Moore from the New York Jets. Rostered in 40.7% of leagues, he put up 29.6 points against the Dolphins, 8 for 11. 141 yards and a touchdown and added one carry for 15 yards. Guys, for the last four weeks, Elijah Moore has been wide receiver one. He's been the highest rated wide receiver in PFF. 
and the highest scoring, I think, since week eight, I believe it is. Or I could have read that wrong somewhere, but he's been the best wide receiver in fantasy football for the last couple weeks. He was a highly titled rookie, had a great um, offseason program, did really well in preseason. For some reason, it took it was a slow start to begin the season because you had Zach Wilson as your quarterback. Sorry, that's tough. Zach Wilson had, has a lot of growing pains, and he's struggling right now, and he's currently out. Uh, but recently, even with the parade of different quarterbacks that the New York Jets have brought out there with Joe Flacco, Mike White, um, Johnson is even out there, and Zach Wilson, like four different quarterbacks. And with all four quarterbacks, Elijah Moore is still putting up numbers. Crazy. The last five games as a whole, he's averaging 19 points. And the Jets are always going to be losing. So they're in a passing game. is going to have an overwhelmingly large amount of work to do. So more air yards, more opportunities, because they're going to be down by so much. Up next, as Trayton had alluded to, the New York Jets will be playing the Houston Texans, who don't have the best defense either. So this is going to be just a high-scoring affair. Trayton, what do you think? Yeah, Elijah Moore is, is an absolute waiver-wire um, you know, darling here. I mean, he exploded for 29.6 points last week. Um, eight catches, 141 yards. That's that's just massive. Um, oh, and a touchdown um, on his 11 targets. And here's the thing: he, he this is coming off of you know another consecutive two, or two consecutive weeks. You could even go back to to after their bye week with New England, where he put up a double digit point, uh, double digit affair, and it's only gotten better from there, um, give or take, give or take uh, last week's uh, last week against Buffalo. But he's been targeted at least six times in in almost every single game, and he has a he has double digits in almost every single one of those um, one of those games. So he's he's very efficient. He's finding he's finding the ball. He's finding the end zone. And here's the thing, like you said, James, it doesn't matter the quarterback. He's he's kind of quarterback proof right now. He's he's making it he's making it work with any with any of them. Um, considering they're, they're, they're getting it done by committee, which is like the weirdest thing I've ever heard of when you're talking about quarterbacks. Um, more is becoming a safe floor, which is interesting. I mean, usually, usually you have a, a high ceiling, low floor kind of guy. That's a boomer bust. This guy is going to probably get you double digit points with the opportunity to get, to, uh, you know, 29 points or 27 points on any given night. Uh, you're playing Houston, <laughs> I mean, dude, this is, this is a, this is an opportunity for you to pick up a guy that, you know, yeah, probably the best flex option you can you can get if yeah, unless you uh unless you you have someone available already on your roster. Oh, what do you think? Here's another option for you. Uh, if Elijah Moore is not is not available, uh, Kendrick Bourne, the surging Patriots team, he's just behind Nelson Aguilar for the team leading targets. Uh, they are playing the Tennessee Titans in Week 12, which doesn't scream as a fantastic matchup. But when you look at uh, Bourne's numbers against good teams. Uh, he put up 24.1 points against the Browns. He put up 14 and a half points against the Cowboys, uh, 10.8 points against the Buccaneers and 21.6 points against the saints. So this guy shows up big against big teams. Uh, I like the way this new new England Patriots team has been playing the last few weeks. They seem to be gelling and clicking together. Uh, and Kendrick Bourne is a big part of that. Uh, like I say, he's, he's definitely not their, uh, top target, but he's right there at number two, uh, behind, uh, Aguilar, so uh, Kendrick Bourne, I think, is a very solid option. Trayden, are you sticking with Elijah Moore or are you going to go Kendrick Bourne? 100% sticking with Elijah Moore. He's just too explosive. He's and, and here's the thing. There's no one else that's explosive on the Jets. When you're the explosive guy and you're getting it done, there's just you have to stick with them. That's true. The one thing I do worry about, though, is that they do have another really good wide receiver on the Jets and Corey Davis. So if team, the, the reason why Elijah Moore's been going off is because teams are shading towards Corey Davis. 
But if you shade towards Elijah more, what happens now? That's what we're going to see in the next couple of weeks here. Last but not least, we're going to go tight end position, which is a very hard one this year, this week. Just a dart throw by me. You could say I, this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's been a couple. Hunter Henry was a good one. Yeah. Dawson Knox. Dawson is a good Knox one. has been good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Gerald Everett is who I'm picking this week, guys. Oh, God. <laughs> Gerald, I don't even know who that is. Gerald Everett from the Seattle Seahawks. Ooh, it's going to be brutal. But here we go. 3.6% rostered. He put up 6.7 points. Not a great line, but you know, we're, we're scraping at the bottom of the barrel and I'm really, we're, we're scraping hard. Three receptions on four targets for 37 yards. And that's how you get 6.7 points since, okay, hear me out. Since Russ has been back from his broken finger and surgery and whatnot, he has not been able to throw deep with accuracy. The reason why they lost so terribly last week is because dude, Russ was not hitting anybody. He can't throw deep. He doesn't have it anymore. It's going to take him a little bit longer to start cooking. Right now, he's making some top ramen, but before he's making a five star meal. It happens. Like oh. when you come back from surgery, you're going to be rusty. We're waiting and long rust- time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Russell was, Russ is rusty right now. He ain't cooking. So, what you're going to do, you got to throw a short. And who runs short? Your tight end. The thing about Gerald Everett, and I know Tyler knows who this guy is because he used to be a Ram, and he was very effective as a Ram. He's very athletic. And he was a good tight end when he had Jared Goff as his quarterback. A rusty Russ is better than Jared Goff. So if everything translates properly, having Russ as a quarterback who can't throw deep and can only throw a short will help Gerald Everett and his fantasy value tenfold. And honestly, like the reason why Gerald Everett hasn't really been out there all that much, he's been in and out with COVID, had some injuries here and there. He hasn't been consistently on the field and at practice, but now he will be. And with him being consistent and being out there all the time, makes me feel better about his success rate and how well he will do in fantasy, given the fact that he's only at 3.6% roster and put up 6.7 points in this week. It's a tough one. Next up, they play the Washington's football team, who, again, is not a great defense, given what they were supposed to be at the beginning of the year. And also with Chase Young out, it's even less scary. Tyler, what are your thoughts? Yeah, again, scraping the bottom of the barrel for sure. Uh, I'm going to throw a little bit of shade on of ESPN Fantasy. Uh, just looking at the, their little fantasy bios, and it, it, te- it tells you right off the bat that Everett was Seattle's second-leading producer of receding yardage, only behind Tyler Lockett, which makes you think, oh, maybe this guy's got some pretty good potential. But So Tyler Lockett had 115 yards receiving. Uh, Gerald Everett, as you mentioned, 37 huge drop off so read make sure you do all your research before just reading those espn bios make sure you, you're looking at everything um like you said you know it's it, it's tough right now um i think this guy does have potential to put up double digit points he's done it three times this season so he's got he's got potential there um it's tough man but uh you know if you're really desperate this isn't the worst matchup this isn't the, the worst guy to get I mean, of, of what of what you're looking at the whole waiver wire, I'm really curious to see what Trayden's going to say to this. Uh, but I don't know what else you can really pick up. So Gerald Everett, not a bad option. Guys, this is really for the guy, the people who have like Zach Ertz who went off last week or um, Travis Kelsey. Like, do you need some help at tight end? This is what you're going to get. Trayden, what do you think? Yeah, I, I got to say, like, how long did you prepare that pile of bullshit about this guy? <laughs> Like about 45 minutes. It took me a long time. That was very eloquent. That was that was that was very that was a polished piece of shit. 
<laughs> I mean, but to the average listener, they'd be like, "Oh my god, this guy's great!" Like, I'll, you got it, you got it, you got it. You, you know, you sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. I mean, I'm look, I'm picking Austin Hooper for fuck's sake, <laughs> Austin fucking Hooper. Here's the thing, Thanks though. Hooper, he saw, he saw. I mean, we Ooh. haven't. He, he hasn't been relevant as tight end in tight end since I've started fantasy football, which was like five years ago. Was he a Falcon at the time or something? Uh, I don't even fucking know. Uh, look, he, he he saw a season high seven targets with the Browns. Um, you know, oh, l- this last week over the Lions, it's a second straight week finishing in the top twenty in the position. I mean, that's that's solid. You're going against the uh, you're going against Baltimore, who I don't know what you're gonna get out of Baltimore. I mean, <laughs> I also don't know what the Browns are. I'm I, I I'm kind of uh, I, I'm kind of like confused. But OBJ's gone. OBJ's gone forever. So you you know you. I think Austin Hooper is an option and we know that we know that um, uh, Baker is not, you know, the, the hardest throwing arm. Like he's going to look for us, look, look for the easy option. So I guess just pick him up. Like guys, this is like, this is insanely hard. <laughs> the thing that worries me about Austin Hooper is that uh, you also have to battle David and Joku for time there. Cause that's a two tight end system. Sure. They even have that one random white guy who is just, who was the best tight end in college a couple years back, but hasn't translated much to the NFL. I forget his name right now, but if I see it on DraftKings, I'll know what it is. And also, Baker keeps getting hurt week after week. He has a torn leg room. He has like a shoulder sprain. He has so many things going on, which makes him less likely to throw the ball, especially with Nick Chubb coming back. We'll see. I mean, he's he, he got targeted a lot is all, you know? I mean, he's, yeah. got, he's gotten at least five targets in the last four games. I mean, that's, that, that's solid. I mean, he's not getting a lot of touchdowns. Like you say, he's got one in that time. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> that is okay. What are you going to do when you need a tight end? If you have Zach Ertz, like I said, or Travis Kelsey, you need some help. And so I hope this helps out a tiny bit. Pick one of the two. Tyler, who are you going to pick? Everett or Austin Hooper? Uh, yeah, I think I just got to go Everett on this one. Uh, but honestly, like coin flip. If one of them breaks 10 points, I'm going to give one of you guys 10 bucks. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay. And that is my fantasy segment, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys enjoyed. Oh, that is always very fun. Thank you very much, James. And if you're struggling in fantasy football, I mean, unless you're like someone like Eric, it's 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 a, it's a lost cause. But you know, if you're that cuspy team like Tyler now, Tyler can't fucking buy a win against yep. me. So he needs some help right Fuck. now. Um, then you know th- this is where you tune in. Um, but so we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about Marvel movies. I'm, I'm actually very excited for this one. Tyler's going to take us through a, a discussion about the Marvel movies, which is so great considering everything that's kind of coming on Disney plus and out on theaters. So um, stay tuned for that. With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might have been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust Dimer. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at dimeruv on social media. 
Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's Dimer, like diner with an M, as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com. And welcome back uh, to this this uh, Thanksgiving edition of TLDR Podcast. Tyler's going to talk to us about, or we're going to have at least lead a discussion about the Marvel movies. Um, you know, they're 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 amazing. I mean, we everybody kind of <laughs> most people agree. So uh, it's always fun to you know have a little bit of debate and see which ones are the best. So Tyler, take it away, buddy. Yeah, I mean, unless unless you're a weirdo, like everyone loves Marvel movies. You may not be the biggest nerd in the world, but you definitely enjoy watching it and get some sort of enjoyment out of watching these movies. They're really fun. Um, so I wanted just to do a debate and kind of give everyone's, I wanted everyone to pick their top three, what they think the best three Marvel movies are. And there's a lot to pick from, all the way from the original Iron Man to Eternals that's out in theaters right now. There's a lot, a lot to pick from. So this is this was a tough one. I, I had to look at the list because there's just so many of them and really try and figure out what I thought my three best movies were. So I'm really curious to see what everyone else's is. I'm really curious to see everyone's takes on, on everyone's picks. Uh, so James, let's start with you. What is your number three? We'll, we'll kind of go in order. So we'll go three, two, then one. So, okay. and just, so start with your number three uh, Marvel movie of all time. Okay, so this one, <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to agree with me here, uh, but this is a very much a James pick. It's Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Reason being, okay, for some reason, I don't know why, I just relate to Thor the most, maybe because I'm like a god, you know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, god. My body is very god, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm more so like the Thor that's in the uh, in, in, in endgame when he's game? fat. Yeah, that's <laughs> me. <laughs> but I do relate to Thor quite a bit. Um, so if this movie was great for me because it was the most comedic out of all out of every marvel movie that I've ever been Thor ragnarok has the most comedy and it may not be planned and it may just be it just happens just because thor is who he is and the cast is who they are but for, that is the movie that i laughed the most at loved it through and through uh, but it doesn't really add that much to the story of marvel at all really it's just kind of a filler it's just there but it made me laugh and i love thor so thor ragnarok is number three for me Nice. Uh, Trayton, what do you got as your number three? Yeah, this is this is tough, guys, because <laughs> there's a lot of, I mean, I think there's about like 23 movies or something or yeah. something like that, something crazy. I, I'm going to have to tip my hat to Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Guardi- I, I picked Dark Guardians of the Galaxy because it was really the first movie. I mean, apart from the amazing score, uh, the cast is amazing and there's, a, there's some great, um, there's some great comedy in there. It was the first film and I'm going to nerd out, so just just bear with me. It was the first movie where we actually saw. I mean, we we knew about the 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 Infinity Stones, but we really got to see what one single Infinity Stone actually was and what it, what it could do. And that was uh, obviously the Power Stone. So that was very interesting to see, kind of the start of of what would eventually be, in my opinion, the start of the, the or at least the best of the um, of the Marvel films. So nice. Uh, also, James, going back to what you said, you like thor the best i thought you were going to say because of your long golden locks is why that too yeah yeah definitely that exactly yeah, definitely that okay 
so my number three, unfortunately, is the same as Traden's. Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. You picked wrong. You picked wrong. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, number three. My reason for Guardians of the Galaxy number three, it was really kind of the first movie that came out that really took on the comedic angle from a Marvel movie. Like all the Marvel movies had some comedy in it, but this one was particularly like really heavy on the comedy. And it was a very light, just really fun Marvel movie. And I also liked it because it kind of, most of the movies, like I think with Thor, we were we kind of went to a different planet, different world. But in Guardians of the Galaxy, you really expanded that. You really went to different worlds. It wasn't just planet Earth. It was all this this giant, you know, kind of different um, um, places to go. Which you know, called, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Just and so many different fun characters. It was kind of almost its own mini Avengers kind of thing. Um, but it all kind of weaved in together. So I just liked how different it was. It was just a, such a different vibe to all the other Marvel movies. So uh, for, for me, Guardians of the Galaxy comes in at number three. Uh, so let's go around the horn again, and we'll go to number two. James, what do you got as your number two? I told I told y'all y'all picked wrong. Guardians should be number two. Okay. Number okay. Oh. <laughs> it got to be high up on that list because of the, the like Traden said, the score. And if you guys don't know what that means, the soundtrack and the music <laughs> behind it for the most part. It's just – it's classic it's all the oldies that you hear growing up and it's just kind of there and it's all put into one movie and it makes it nostalgic it kind of brings you back to what you remember to be your childhood for our generation wow some people who are older i'm so sorry man like <laughs> or younger than us like that doesn't bring you back anywhere you probably have never heard those songs before but if you're our age give or take 20 mid-20s like that's that's where it's at you can even argue that it's actually like the 30 to 40 year olds, the 40 yeah, year old, that that's the music. I mean, we heard it because our parents li- exactly. you know, had it on, but I mean, that they grew up like that. And my dad's like, Oh fucking yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nostalgic. It has that kind of take to it. And the cast is fantastic. Chris Pratt is great in it. Um, didn't really like him in his parks and rec mainly because I didn't really get into it all that much. But now that I got like a full to see what Chris Pratt is like through guardians, I'm like, Oh, he's a damn good actor. I gotta give awesome. Parks and Rec another shot. And on top of that, you got these. The character list of it is so broad, and you, anybody can relate to any one character. There's not one. There's nobody who can watch that movie and be like, I don't relate to any of these characters at all because they're so broad. Even Groot. I mean, like, there's just random people who say one word at a time. You know, you can relate to Groot. It is what it is. It's kind of <laughs> cool. So, Guardians comes in at number two for me. Damn. So, Guardians on all three of our lists. Um, Traden, what do you have at number two? Oh, this is like a one. This is a literally, actually a 1A, 1B, but I'm going to give my two to the original Marvel's Avengers movie. Um, the, the, this Avengers film, I mean, this is really where we got all of the original four or five together. I mean, the, the big four were actually, you know, came together and, you know, saved the world for the first time. And it, you you got goosebumps during that fight in New York. It just it just was like it, it, you know your 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 hair rose up like it was crazy. You've never seen something like that. You got where you see, saw so many. It was the first time we saw so many uh, of the of the you know characters that we have loved to watch for the for you know for about four years come together and and do it and do it together. And it kicked off what became you know known as the MCU run. I mean that was that's the start of it. After that, it just became um, even better and better and better. In terms of the intrigue, in terms of uh, you know what what we were going to you know experience going forward, so I'm gonna give the nod to the original um, Marvel's Avengers, although it's more of a one B for me. Gotcha. Yeah, it definitely. I remember when that came out, how big of a deal it was, and it said it, it really just exploded everything. Uh, but for me, my number two is the 
original Marvel movie, the on number one, the original Iron Man, starting off strong. Um, that for me, that movie just has its own special, unique kind of uh, vibe to it because I don't know if really at the time Marvel really knew what they were, what was going to happen. You know, I think that was kind of their 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 first test run at it. And so it has a little bit of a different vibe to it, which I really like. Like the, the music's very different from all the other Marvel movies. It's got a little bit different of a of kind of a storyline. And it's Tony Stark at like peak Tony Stark. It's 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 the best version of Tony Stark, I think, in any movie. Um, so you, you and you get the origin of, of Iron Man. There's so many awesome scenes in that movie. So even though it's the first one, I think it's one of the best. Uh, so for me, I'm gonna go with the with the first Iron Man, with the the first movie to kick off this series of of, uh, of films. Uh, so here we go, guys. Going into number one, the number one Marvel movie of all time. James, what do you got? For some reason, Tyler, I'm just like, I place importance on movies just one more than you do. Because at my number one, I have the original Iron Man oh, shit. coming in hot. <laughs> Reason being, like you had mentioned, all the points you had said are fantastic points. It's iconic. It's classic. It, what, what brought me in to Marvel? Because this came out when we were in like, what, eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, give or take. And that's around the time, like, you can go out by yourself and go to the movies, and, like, do fun things with friends. So that's what we did. That's like, I want re- vividly remember going to the movie theater and watching Iron Man. And I'm like, whoa, this is cool. Like, Robert Downey Jr. played his part perfectly. His sarcastic comments, his out-of-pocket humor coming out of nowhere, just doing his thing, made you really fall in love with the Marvel Universe and Iron Man. And that's what brought you back. Like, when you think of Avengers, you think of Iron Man. Like, you don't really think of any... He comes to the forefront of your mind every single time because of what he did with Iron Man 1. He set the tone and set the bar high for the rest of the Marvel Universe, and that's what you come to love and expect. So that's why it comes in at number one for me. And it was our first taste at the end of end of credit sequence where we actually... That's oh, yeah. where we saw what was going to come next, and it was actually Thor's hammer hitting, hitting Earth. I, I remember that because I was in the I was in the theater and one, my, my buddy's like even bigger nerd than me, if you can believe it at the time. And he's he turns around. He's like, oh, my fucking God, Thor. And we all like fucking freaked out. So and I didn't even really know who Thor was then. <laughs> and look yeah. at me now. I'm like the biggest fucking you nerd. Named your yeah, your dog freaking dog is not after Thor. My, yeah. Now, I mean, like I said, that's what <laughs> to your point, James, that's what started it. So. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. You know, the, that's another good point. Those those end of the uh, movie uh, scenes that tease what's what's coming next. Huge, huge uh, Marvel thing right there. Uh, but Traden, what's your one A? Oh, this again. There's so many good, great movies. Um, and James, I I I think that Iron Man would would rank in my top five. But for me, guys, it was Avengers: Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War was to me. The, the culmination of what has been building for years and years and years. And we got it on a grand scale. Endgame was amazing because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Easter eggs. There was a lot of um, nostalgia in terms of what we had been through, but infinity war in terms of its, in terms of its intensity, it's fight scenes. The, the fact that we, uh, we, we had saw the original ventures with the big four, we had the entire MCU under one, under one screen and they were just battling it out against Thanos. And, what, what, what left me, I guess, mo- the most emotional is that Disney decided to go for it and kill off in, in the entire new, new cast of, of, the, uh, of the Avengers in, in, within, a, within a blink of an eye. And I sat there and I'm like, I did not think that they were going to do that because I don't know how they're going to come back. I had no idea what, what, what was going to happen. 
because I had to wait an entire year. And I was still talking about it for those that year trying to figure out how are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? Um, I, I didn't think that Disney would have the, the nuts to do it. And they did. And that's <laughs> and I think that that's what left me, um, you know, in just in shock. The the fight scenes were just absolutely impeccable, perfect. Um, and it was it, it's just a fantastic film. Infinity War was really close to my top three, but. I had to go number one. I had to go Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason being is just I don't know if I've had s- as many emotional experiences watching a single movie as I did watching Endgame. I just think the accumulation of everything that happened, as you said, Trey, we had to wait a whole year for this film to come out. And I mean, count down the days. Like I saw it. I, I'm pretty sure the day it came out or, or pretty close to it. Um, and it's very rare. I feel like when films or when TV shows have like this, you know, uh, this finale that everyone knows going to happen and it actually lives up to the hype. I felt that Endgame lived up to the hype, if not exceeded it. I think that's very rare that 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 happens. And I think I, I just left that theater just so satisfied with how that film ended up and just so many great scenes, so many great moments. Um, just the fact that they were able to live up to the hype of that movie and how big that movie was, I think is a, is a huge thing. And I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Um, because for me, that, that was just like the biggest of the biggest. And, it, um, and they finished it so well. So uh, for me, Endgame has to be number one. Um, but Infinity War, man, also great. Um, I also wanted, I, I had some honorable mentions in there. I don't know if you guys did or have some off the top of your head. Some that just missed the cut. Uh, for me, Infinity War was up there. Also, Captain America: Winter Soldier, I think, is the best Captain America movie by far. Ooh, over Civil War. That's, that's yeah, over Civil War. I think um, Civil War is also great. I mean, they're all great. But uh, and then Black Panther also. Um, I think that was a game changer. Um, so uh, those are my kind of just missed the cut ones. But anyone else have any other movies? Dude, the Ant Man's are fucking slept on, man. Those are fantastic. Yeah, they're hilarious. They are yeah, so, so funny. slept Paul on. Paul Rudd, sexiest man in the world. Yeah, they are so slept on. Um, Ragnarok is like was like is, is a top five film for sure. James, I mean, absolutely. Um, the guard, the second Guardians. I mean, <laughs> that's another fantastic yeah. film. Um, the Spider Mans have been really, really good. And yeah, the newest one coming out. This one coming up is I don't. Okay, so if you guys, I don't have you guys kept up with the shows that have that came on nope. this year. Okay, I have, and <laughs> every single fucking show it leaves me like, what? Where the fuck are we going? Like, I, it's how I felt with Infinity War. Like, where the fuck? Are we? There's so many avenues that I. There's so many this web of all different stories that are that are occurring and the the spider-man film is going to is going to be absolutely insane i i it might even change the whole trajectory of the mcu is it gonna tie that web together for you it won't it won't because there's so much left to be answered between between all the you know the three major shows that, that that hit this year um the next doctor strange film that's coming out which again is going to be absolutely insane that's coming in may i mean I don't know where it's, we're going and it scares me and intrigues me at the same time. <laughs> Love it. Well, the only movie that all three of us had in our top three was Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think TLDR's collective favorite Marvel movie of all time is Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm glad we figured that out. 
We all, we all, we all, <laughs> we all figured it out together. So Guardians of the Galaxy, there it is. Teamwork. Teamwork. Uh, so that's what I got. Probably a lot of more of these kind of just random fun segments during the baseball offseason. Uh, so hope you guys enjoyed that little debate. And let us know what your favorite Marvel movie is of all time. Yes, thank you so much, Tyler. That was lots of fun. Uh, makes me want to watch the whole series again, but that's yeah. a lot of work. And <laughs> do it. And I, I did it. I did it to get to Endgame, and I'm not gonna. I, I don't think I could do it again because now you have to add in the shows, and that's just, I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, there's enough. There's enough stuff to be watching. But uh, thank you, Tyler. Uh, when we come back, I'm just gonna end uh end the podcast with some with some hockey talk like normal. And we're back. Thank you guys uh, for, for sticking with us through that break and um, discussing all the fun stuff we've already discussed. We're going to end this podcast with some hockey talk. Um, since it's only going to be three of us, we decided the host is going to um, the host is going to bring his own segment just like just like normal, um, like like he would otherwise. We're going to talk hockey. Um, everyone knows that I am a huge guy about the thanks about Thanksgiving time. I mean, uh, th- this is the American time where you look at your team and think, where am I? Is my team going for it? Is my team in it? And if you're if you're too far out, there's too many teams to 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 um, get ahead. And here's the thing, guys. You could even argue that it's even earlier than Thanksgiving, but I'll get I'll give the benefit that it's Thanksgiving. And the reason why is because in the NHL we have the loser point. If you get to overtime, you get a point, and that racks up. And it's just so hard because those those points are just given out like that. It's so hard to jump ahead. So that's why this quarter quell is the is kind of the uh, a big milestone in my eyes, but we're going to go around the, we're going to go around the divisions and see, and just kind of discuss who was a surprise on the, on the, uh, um, to the upside and who was a surprise at the downside. Um, we're going to start over in the East today and let's start in alphabetical order. Let's start with the Atlantic division. Um, Tyler, this division, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to kind of take it from you. I'm just going to give kind of a synopsis of what my, how I view the division. Not a lot of surprises in terms of positioning, I guess in overall and where the, where the playoff um, contenders are, albeit there might be some sneaky surprises one way or another, just in terms of where their actual placement is within that division. So Tyler, who was your upside surprise this season so far in the Atlantic? Yeah, you're right. I think this division, when you look at it right now is kind of going how we expected it. Uh, there's not real, there's not too many like, Oh shit, this team's doing well. Or shit, this, this team was sucking that we thought we'd do, would do a lot better. Um, so for my good surprise, I'm going to go with the Detroit Red Wings on this one. Um, I think they're going off to a pretty good start. This is a team that's been in the, in the, in the cellar for a long time, at a team that has a rich, rich history. I mean, I remember when I grew up, starting to watch hockey, like this was a team that was like, they're making the playoffs. So you don't even have to think twice about it. Detroit, Detroit Red Wings are in the playoffs. It's just how it goes. Um, so the fact that they've been out of it for so long is – it's kind of nice to see them kind of close to that spot again, honestly, like just as a hockey fan, um, I like seeing that. So I don't think by any means they're going to, they're going to make that spot. Um, you know, definitely just with the way that the point per, per percentage are working, they're definitely not as high as they should be. Um, so they're probably going to be coming back down to earth pretty soon here. Um, but it's nice to see them there. So I, I would say the Detroit Wings right now are a nice surprise. I think they're playing definitely a lot better than they have been right around a little less than 500. I think maybe they could possibly be right around that by the season's end, which I think would be a step up for them. Um, so yeah, by, by no means do I think that they're going to be a playoff team, but you know, maybe they'll surprise some people. Maybe they'll make some, 
some noise, you know, late in the season. We'll see. Yeah, it's things like this that just kind of make you think, wow, I mean, what, what are we going to get out of these guys down the stretch? I mean, we all, we all know that once once the new year hits, it really playoff hockey really starts to kind of sh- rear its head. Um, Detroit can be that team if they play this well to be kind of a sneaky, you know, spoiler, you know, then those teams are dangerous to be against teams that are playing loose and just loving life. We have three players in that it, 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 on this team that are point that are point per game um, producers, which that's that's a nice surprise. Um, and then Alex Nedeljkovic is, is, um, is, has above average save percentage. I mean, I, I have to admit guys, this is, this team is pretty solid, um, at least stepping in the right direction. So Tyler, um, I, I probably would agree with you on the, on the upside. So what about the downside? So who's surprising you to the downside so far? Yeah. Again, a lot of teams that are at the bottom kind of expect to be there. Um, so I'm going to go with the Montreal Canadians only because they're coming off uh, a runner up of the Stanley cup last season, uh, had such, such a huge hype run. Um, and they've just been really, really bad. Like not just bad, but like abysmally bad. Obviously a huge part of that is price not being with them and that, and that whole thing going on there. Um, so they have a lot, they, I mean, they give up goals. I think they have like the second worst, uh, points or goals for in the league or third most or something like that. Uh, so they're not a good defensive team by any stretch of imagination. Um, so like I said, no one expected this Canadian team to be that great. But I don't know if we expect them to be this bad either. So they've just been really just abysmally bad. I, how did you not expect them to be this bad if they lost three of their key players? Yeah, I. James, I mean, Carey I mean, Price is gone. Shea Weber is gone. Jeff we we, we all, but we also have to look at we also have to look at Cole Caulfield. We gave Cole Caulfield the the Calder Trophy going into the season, and he's done nothing. Yeah, he got sent down. He just got recalled. And from, congratulations because because yeah. of covid because because yeah. but, you're at the bottom so, of the barrel because you guys can't get anything going i mean this team i mean three five and two in the last 10 yeah also in that same division you have the buffalo sabers who i mean i almost picked them as a surprise just because they're not doing as shitty as i thought they would <laughs> um and then you have uh the ottawa senators who just have just seemed to be going nowhere so you have a lot of other teams that should i think should be worse than the canadians the senators are currently at the bottom bottom but the Buffalo Sabres are playing better than the, than, than the uh, Canadians right now, which is, in my opinion, just not good. I think I, I'm like I said, I don't, I don't not, do not expect much at all from this Canadians team, but I also don't expect them to be this shitty. So that, to, that to me was my their my biggest. That's furthermore, what's what's quite interesting with this team is when you look at their five on five stats in terms of possession numbers, they're pretty solid. They're above they're above fifty percent, which which suggests that they actually you know they they possess the puck fairly well but they have a negative 26 goal differential. Their expected goals against is eight in a 8.5 above the league average. This team is, this team can't buy a save. This team can't buy a fucking save because Jake Allen has been not very great there. I mean, there's kind of been three goalies that have kind of taken the helm and they're all just barely at um, a nine Oh five. I mean, Jake Allen's a barely a nine Oh five. I just don't, I, I am shocked to the extent that I would have expected them to have a little bit more fight in them. It just seems like they're, they're lost. Nick Suzuki, I think is struggling without, without his security blanket. And I would have expected, it's tough. Yeah, it's huge. Um, And I I guess I would have expected just a little bit more fight, Um, but we're just not getting it in, um, in Montreal. Um, I mean, like, let's be real here. Like I forgot Philip Deneau, but if you lose four of your key cogs, throughout your entire team, anybody, any team who loses four, like, big-time players, big leaders, they're not going to do well. 
And like going into the season knowing that, like how could you really expect them to do well? I mean, yeah, they're coming off a Stanley Cup run, but that Stanley Cup run was because of those four players. And with mm-hmm. those four players not coming back, I mean, I mean, I just what are you gonna do? I mean, I just would expect them just it's a brand new team, just, just the core, the the you know the culture there to have some sort of a change with with how they did last year. And, and, and I and guess you, that, your culture led by those four people who and are even no though, there. like I said, we definitely expected them to not be very good, but still going from runner up to Stanley Cup to being second worst in the division, like that's disappointing no matter how you look at it. Even if you're surprised or not, you know that's a big disappointment. So like to me, like I I, I wouldn't expect this team to be. Much I think I think the biggest appointments is certain players, right? Nick Suzuki is not playing very well. Um, I when you said it's because Philip Deneau is not there to protect. I, I, I but look, your 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 security blanket left. You need to step up, and he's not. He's yeah. not, and and if he want, he's he's the top player on this team, and he needs, and he just needs to play that much better. That's 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 the reality of being in the NHL in on the on the the most the hardest team to play for. Uh, Cole Caulfield, I don't know where you are, man. It's crazy. I mean, n- next to next next to to Elias Patterson, who I hope I hope uh, I hope that that's discussed later. I mean, he, it's it's just shocking. It's just, that's that's the part that shocks me. And the tough part uh, about this, the way their offense worked and the way they were somewhat successful in the past was because Carey Price was able to stop block some shots, right? So what they did is that Carey Price made a save, tossed it out wide, and then Cole Caulfield will just be as fast as he possibly can to the goaltender on the other side. When you have nobody stopping the puck, you can't do that. Right. So would you, and so their offense is gone. So, so what, where did you, where would you have slated them in terms of, in terms of positioning in this division? Did you, did you expect them to be dead last or at least tied for last in terms of point percentage? With those four gone. Yeah. No leadership. You, so that you'd think they're worse than Buffalo worse than Detroit. I mean, Detroit's actually doing relatively well. No, I know, but you, but you, what would you have expected them to be? I would have been close to Buffalo. I would have had them. I would have slated them close to Buffalo. Then who's your who's your bad surprise in that division? In that division? Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. It's tough, right? Because it's like it's okay. Let's how we expected. Yeah. uh, The only other team I would have expected Ottawa to be a little bit better. Yeah, you could you could say Ottawa. You could maybe say Ottawa. Towards the end of the year last year, they were on like this heater. Like they were killing it towards the end of last year. And given the fact that they didn't make too many changes, they should have carried that momentum and that same True. energy into the season. And they haven't. And that but Montreal, in a matter of five more games, have given up 18 more goals. That's you have a backup goaltender and you lost your two best defensive players. You, Ottawa hasn't had a goaltender in years. But at least they have a core. At least they're building around something. What are you building around in Montreal? You know what? I guess he want to know what your surprise is. The fact that Mark Bergevin hasn't packed his bags yet. Yeah. That's the biggest surprise. Like it, it's about fucking time. Mark Bergevin gets the boot and get, and you know what? I, I, I'm going to say this. Maybe, maybe, maybe that is going to sound insensitive, but the, but the, the Montreal Canadians policy and making sure that their GM and, or, and at least their GM, but, but they would like a coach to be bilingual in French and, and, and English, I think hurts them. I've said this once in this podcast and people are like, oh, that's just because they're French Canadian and you need to connect with the fans. But you you immediately make your pool of candidates smaller. And it, it's it, people people in hockey have been doing it for ages. They you know, a lot of Western hockey teams w- would not want any any foreign um, any foreign player on, on any any player outside of North America on their team because they don't play the game the same. You instantly just completely wipe out 
so much great talent that's that's out there. And I just think that Montreal needs to reevaluate that. I know that you won't be able to connect with your fans as much, but if you're but at the end of the day, the fans are connecting to the team in terms of its wins and they need to win. And I don't know if you guys agree with that, but to me, it just seems crazy that you're just myopically narrowing your scope when you're a team that this is the this is the original NHL team. There's there's not a team that's older than the, than this team. Um, so I, I I guess I'd just like to see more of this team. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, let's let's move over to the West. Let's change it up. Go. Uh, let's go in um, again. Alphabetical order between the two. Let's talk Central. James, who is your surprise to the upside? St. Louis Blues. Reason being, they've been kind of known for their slow starts over the last couple of years here. But this year, they're third in the division with 20 points. And Tarasenko has had this, like, fire under his ass. He's doing well. And I trade and mentioned his power rankings that I posted yesterday that it's maybe because the trade talks have stalled or maybe he's trying to put more numbers behind his name. Like, I don't know what it is, but Tarasenko's doing his thing. And it's like they're kind of putting it together and they kind of they're, – they lost uh, when they lost – what's his face? Damn, he went to the, um, the Knights, Petrangelo. When they lost him – it kind of took a huge toll on that team, but they've learned how to play together as a team because they can't rely on one defensive guy anymore to kind of lead the charge. They've learned to become better and play a team-oriented style of hockey as opposed to just letting your superstars do its thing because they were allowed to do so. And honestly, like, this is a good surprise because, yeah, they made the playoffs last season, but they made it with 63 points, and they only made it because the Honda West division was so shitty. Like, had they been in any other division, they probably wouldn't have made it because of the way it stacked up. But they barely made it in, and right now they're in third in, that, in the central division, and they look they look like they're doing pretty good. Yeah, this Nashville – I'm sorry, Nashville. This St. Louis team has been quite quite a revelation. I mean, I, they have taken a little bit of a step back. They're 3-5-2 in the last 10, which, which is a little bit, um, you know, kind of weird. But this team had a hot start, and I think this is actually a good team. The most interesting thing about, thing about Vladimir Tarasenko to me, guys – you look at you look at a lot of players, and I and I, I specifically look at James Harden last year. He asked for a trade, and he absolutely plays like shit. If you ask for a trade, it better be your you you better be focusing so fucking hard on making it easy for that team to trade you. And it would that's why the the you know we, we see that all the time. A player either steps up or 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 um or he doesn't, and the trade value just plummets, and it just turns into a shit show. Vladimir Tarasenko, I don't even know that he wants to get traded anymore, guys. I mean, he, he may be mending the broken fence that was there. I mean, it, usually that doesn't happen. Usually, usually relationships between the player and the, and the organization are, are tattered to beyond repair. But Vladimir Tarasenko is looking happier. He's playing hockey. Uh, he's playing hockey at a level that we expect him to. And maybe, maybe it's driven by his want to go to the Olympics. I don't know. Um, or, or to actually be a, a solid professional pro. And if you want to get traded, you need to showcase yourself. But I, I would not be surprised if, if he, if these guys are going to continue going on, on a run that he's going to stay and we're, and we're going to see a, a, a run with it, with this team. Um, now let's talk about the, the downside. So which team James is your surprise to the downside? Colorado avalanche. Honestly, how are they starting this far down the table? I mean, granted, they've played 14 games when pretty much everybody else in that slate has played 17. But the fact of the matter is they have six losses, one of which came in overtime. For a team in this caliber of who won the President's Trophy last year, why do you have six losses this early on? 
Like that should come later. You should be up in the ranks of the Hurricanes or the Oilers. Like four losses sounds about good for a team of your caliber. Two to four losses, somewhere between there. But you have six. And like I said, granted, you're you're fifth in the division right now with 17 points, but you've played three less games than everybody else. The fact that you're even in that position, it doesn't look good on you. You're you were the favorite to win that division outright. Like nobody else really thought anything close of it. You're supposed to take number one. And right now you're floundering. And this isn't this isn't bad by any means, but it's not to the expectation that everybody else had of your team. And I don't know if they, this needs to be their wake-up call. Like, hey, we should be better than this. We shouldn't be this far down. Even though we played less games, let's pick it up because they need it. Because if they stay at this pace, it's not looking good for them. They'll still be in the playoffs, yeah, but they won't have the same momentum and chemistry and good vibes that they would have had had they won the division like they were supposed to. Yeah, this team is 7-2-1 and one in the last 10. So they have kind of got a little bit of a wake-up call um, from that, me- that pretty awful start in the beginning. But, I mean, again, I agree with you, James. This this team's interesting. I, I don't know what to expect of them. And, and here's the thing. This team this team has a small window, right? Like mostly because you're, you're very, you're very um, team friendly deal with Nathan McKinnon, who is your future is, you know, he's cheap right now. So you have, you have the ability to add around him and you're going to have to, you're going to have to relieve some people of their duties next year to pay, to pay this guy. I mean, he's going to, he's definitely going to get more than Miko Rantanen. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to ask for at least for, like way higher above 10 million for sure. I mean, he, he deserves it. He's the second best player on the planet. Um, so I think I agree that this one's a surprise. The only other surprise that I would say is Dallas being as eh as they have been. I would have expected a little bit more from them. Um, they they've been kind of just like, bleh, you know, 500 I expect a little bit more push from the, from them. I would say that this division is, is just kind of interesting. Nashville's playing pretty solid. I mean, Colorado has to watch out because Minnesota's looking good. Winnipeg's looking really good. Winnipeg might be the second best team in Canada. Uh, may, maybe tied for second. Um, uh, St. Louis is playing much better this season in Nashville. I mean, it's a lot tougher when teams are actually playing better than you expect. So um, I, I think that Colorado is going to be fine at the end, but they definitely, are, they would definitely like to be in a better position, but maybe they're going to be like the Tampa Bay lightning. We don't give a shit about regular season. You know that you've, you've seen that before. Um, so let's flip over to the back to the East. Let's talk about the Metro Tyler, who is your surprise to the upside here? Yeah. So unlike the, uh, the Atlantic, I think there's a lot of surprises on both sides of the coin, this division. Uh, this one was a little bit tough one to pick between both. Um, but I'm going to go with the Rangers being the biggest upside surprise. Uh, this was a team last year that I thought I really was banking on making the playoffs. They, they just missed it. Um, I think this team has a lot of potential and I think we're finally starting to see it kind of, uh, develop in front of us this season. Finally, um, like I said, they're not, there's nothing really super flashy about them. Um, they don't really rank super high in any specific category. Um, but they are finding a way to win games and they're, they, they, they currently sit third, um, in a division that I think is, is pretty damn competitive. Obviously you have one of the best teams in the NHL there at the top with the, with, uh, with, with the hurricanes, the, the capitals are always going to be solid. Um, and then you got the Rangers right there. Um, so for me, seeing them this high up in the division um, this early on for me is a big surprise. Yeah, I, I think I think this is kind of a coin flip, right? I mean, I, my, my choice would have been New York or Columbus. I mean, yeah, I think you probably agree with that. Yeah. Um, Rangers, I, I, I think that this is they're a, they're a surprise team. I mean, I, here's the thing. They they 
they ran into Tom Wilson last year and, and they were, they were called pansy ass. They were called weak. They were called soft and they, and they addressed it. Um, they definitely addressed it. They bring in Ryan Reeves and they bring in a couple of other, or Barkley Goudreau, a couple of these guys that are a little bit um, more rough around the edges that, you know, will stand up to, to stand up to the bullshit. Artemi Pernarin is doing his thing point per game. Um, we'll see it. We'll see in the Olympics, buddy. Um, Adam Fox, you <laughs> just continue to play amazing. Um, you, you're, you're just a solid um, player at that deep, at that deep position at 23 years old. What a, what a stud. The biggest thing for me, Tyler is Igor Shosturkin. Igor Shosturkin is at a 931 save percentage. He is playing absolutely fucking lights out. He is outstanding. And this is a team that I almost think that they just lean on Shosturkin to get them through. And then they'll score in the last second. That's what they fucking do. Like, yeah. Like let Ego Shosturkin do his thing and then fucking score and and t- and rob him rob him from it. That's what they do. Um, I will say they. Name. What'd you say? Fantastic name. Fantastic name. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I, I will say pronounced that so well. By the way, that's yeah. impressive. I, I've heard it. A, I, well, I've heard it a lot. To be fair, you probably practiced too before. Yeah, you know, I, I said about Ego Shosturkin. Ego Shosturkin. Ego I will give my nod to Columbus. You guys with nobody. I mean, to your point earlier, James. They lost a lot of players, Columbus, and they're looking good. Um, so I guess that kind of yeah, fuck me, right? Fuck yeah, me. I guess that kind of plays, plays against my rhetoric. Your, uh, <laughs> argument there, but um, some teams just are just kind of get a little light uh, fire on their ass, and Columbus is one of those. Um, although Rangers fans, um, I, I want to go. I want you to go back about ten days and, and look at that uh, absolute you know domination that Connor McDavid did to you guys through four guys, and then your goalie. Uh, yeah, that that's always fun. It's one of the that is the best goal of the year so far. Oh, and he did it again like three days ago. I don't know if you guys saw, but he fucking did the same did fucking play. <laughs> anyway, um, let's talk about the the downside surprise, and I think it's no surprise who you're gonna pick. Yeah, I mean the Penguins have been disappointing, but by far the biggest disappointment I think in the whole NHL is the New York Islanders. Yep. I mean, what the fuck's going on over there? A minus sixteen goal differential with a team that was pegged to potentially win this division and they find themselves at the very bottom and not playing well at all. They have this league's second worst goals for, um, which is not, I mean, we didn't expect it to be that bad. Obviously like they're not a high scoring team They're They rely more on their defense. Um, but still like to be second worst in the league is not going to, is not get the job done. They've had a weird year with the fact that they, they just had their first home game like last week, but then they opened their new, their brand new arena and they've gone 0-2 so far in that brand new arena. I mean, they do not look good at all. Like, this team just looks lost. They, they look they, – they've completely lost their identity. Um, it's not looking good for the, for, for the, for the Islanders. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think they can turn this around, to be honest with you. Um, in this division that just has so much talent, um, and to be this far back, this, this, so, this far into the season – there's just not a lot of hope. There's, I mean, there's, there's, there's other teams I, like the Avalanche, for example, even though they've, 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 they've been uh, disappointing. I look at their stats, look at their team. I think it's just a matter of time before they kind of climb themselves out. But this Islanders team, I just don't see any of that. Like there's just nothing that I see that gives me hope that this Islanders, Islanders team is going to turn it around. And for me, they're the biggest disappointment, not just in, the, in this division, but in the entire league. Yeah, you are 100% on the money. They've lost six in a row now. Um, they, they are the only team in that division with a less than 500 point percentage. This team has to, has to jump the Penguins, the New Jersey Devils, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the New York Rangers, the Washington Capitals, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, not to mention the wild card competition in the Atlantic. 
who is probably more like I wouldn't say more well-rounded because I think the Metropolitan it is showing that it's the it's the tightest, especially in the middle section. Do you New York New York Islanders fans are fucked? You guys are fucked, and they're the most and they're the most fucked up fans, guys. They're they're ridiculous. <laughs> so um, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh Brock Nelson, I mean, you're the only one kind of putting up points, but Matthew Barzell, you need to step it up. Um, interestingly, Sorokin hasn't been bad. I mean, a 925 save percentage, they just can't buy a goal and they can't get, you know, the time they're just not playing the same way that Barry Trotz, um, designed this team. And, and it's quite, you know, for me, it's, I I wouldn't say upsetting. It's just kind of crazy to crazy to see. So I a hundred percent agree with you there. We're going to end this with the, um, the Pacific division and James, I, I don't mean to steal your thunder. You, the the surprise to the upside is the whole fucking division. This division you just is good. My thunder, bro. <laughs> what do oh, you got? <laughs> good surprise. All right, this should be pretty easy for yep. everybody listening. The Ducks, because who who are the fuck? Not even Ducks fans thought the Ducks were going to be good. I, I I thought they were going to be bottom of the of the table. There, I thought they were going to be like second to last. Holy shit! <laughs> They're yeah. the Pacific. I know it's early. Almost American Thanksgiving, almost there, right? But damn, like, whew, blowing my mind. It makes him want to watch hockey again. It makes him want to go to games right now. Because before, like, last, I mean, I couldn't go to games last year. But when they were shitty, like, I didn't want to pay 40 bucks to go sit and watch them play. I'd go so I could go win the uh, 50-50 raffle. That's what I would do. It wasn't even to watch the game because the game itself was bad. But now I'm like, Let's go to the game. Like next week, are you down trading, Tyler? Let's go. I want to. I want to make that happen because these this Ducks team is fast. It's explosive. They score goals finally, and the defense is doing its job. And they just lost tonight, which is tough. But the fact of the matter is, like, for what they were expected to be and where they are right right now, they're third in the Pacific. They're behind the Flames and the Oilers. Like that. That's pretty cool. I mean, I didn't expect the Oilers to be or the Flames to be this good, but behind the Oilers is pretty cool. Like they're doing well, and I'm. I hope they keep it up because damn, this is fun to watch. Yeah, I, this team is the biggest surprise for sure. Um, I, I would say that all of the California teams are surprised. And interestingly, guys, I mean, San Jose has has kind of gone sideways, but all of California is doing a lot better than we expected. This division is good. I was wrong. This division is good. I I think it kind of shocked the entire the hockey world. Calgary's looking good. The only team that I knew. What, I guess that I thought would be good in the division simply because I thought it was trash was Edmonton and Vegas. And even Vegas had, had a, had a rough start. Anaheim's looking really, really good, James. I mean, really good. Um, they, they, I mean, they do have some work to do. They're a young team. I mean, they're, they're a young team, which, which bodes well for you. I mean, they get a lot of experience playing well, playing with their veterans, um, but they're young and, and, and they're just going to get better and better. And uh, I, I do feel bad for players like Ricard Raquel. Where is he going to be? I mean, I don't think Ricard Raquel's on this team at, at the trade deadline just because I think that Anaheim knows that, th- that even if they try to go for it, they're not going to go far enough and they're not, they're not going to mortgage their future. They'll take that first round pick instead. Um, so I could see Ricard Raquel on a, on a, on a team that needs, you know, just a little bit of scoring depth, um, which is sad because he's, he has been such a, such a um, great player for you, but Troy Terry guys. Oh my God, Troy Terry. Um, all right, let's let's end this with the the um, the downside surprise. And I would be a little surprised if you don't prick this surprise. I said surprise like twenty times. That's yeah, cool. I think I think I did pick that surprise. So you'll be surprised because I didn't pick the surprise that you picked the surprise for. You'll be surprised. Got it. So bad surprise, Seattle Kraken. Wow, surprise! Yeah, interesting surprise. 
Got you. So honestly, <laughs> the, nobody thought the Seattle Kraken were supposed to be good, right? And nobody thought they were supposed to be this bad. They're, honest, there was high expectations placed upon the Kraken for being an expansion team because of what the Knights did in their first year. And that was insane. And it probably never happened again. But they're like, it's like you're at 11 points through 18 games, which is among one of the worst in the league. And it's, remember we were talking about the Coyotes a couple weeks ago and how bad they were because they didn't want a game? They're, the Kraken are one point ahead of the Arizona Coyotes. They're that bad. Just put it in perspective. Coyotes suck. Kraken are right there. And yeah, they're not supposed to be the best team in the league or the best team in this division, but they should be middle of the table somewhere. Why are they so far down? Like, I get you're putting teams together and whatnot and making a new lineup every single day. But what Vegas has shown is that these players who come from an expansion draft are typically hungrier and more ready to excel at their position because they weren't wanted, so they want to prove something. And I don't know what's happening here because it's not that's not what's happening in Vegas. They're, this team is looking like the Kings for the NBA, like it's or the Rockets. It's just it's just going downhill with no end in sight, and it's. I get, like I said, they're not supposed to be good, but they're not supposed to be this bad either. It's tough. Yeah, I actually am going to push push back a little bit only because I think that Vegas is such su- such a strong start completely made us jaded. I mean, this is what an expansion team is supposed to look like. I mean, they're supposed to be bought on the barrel, guys. This is this is a team that just got just got players that were I mean, I thought that the the Vegas Golden Knights would have been in this position in uh, you know, 5 years ago. I really did. I really thought that this team would not be that good. I thought that they would be eighth in the division, just like Seattle is. This is what, to, to, I guess in my my this is what a expansion team is supposed to look like. I don't know. What, and here's the thing, to be fair, though, we have to put into perspective. Vegas, the difference between the Vegas expansion draft and the Seattle expansion draft were vastly different because there were almost little to no deals made between different different teams when they when when um, when Seattle did their picking. We player or teams in when Vegas was doing their expansion draft thought they were being coy and in, in, in asking, asking teams to pick players to save other players and to make little like trade deals and to, and to make little deals so that, so that most of the teams, um, you know, the, the, the teams could keep, could keep who they wanted to keep. There were not any deals made with this, with the Seattle team. And that's simply because <laughs> I think everyone got burnt by what happened. Like they did not want to risk that. They're like, you know what? Seattle, pick who you're going to pick. I also think that Seattle picked the wrong, some wrong players. I will admit that. I think that they had some better options out there. But I think that this is, has a this ownership ownership has a little bit different, um, I guess, trajectory with their with their future. Vegas is not a hockey town. Vegas has never had a hockey team, and Vegas has a bunch of you know has, has a brooding um, community, but that they really needed to win now or at least be good so that they could attract fans. Seattle's had a hockey team before. They're a sports town. They they were just waiting to have hockey back. And I think that the trajectory, they don't, they don't need to win now to keep their fan base. I think Vegas did. And I think Vegas saw that and they, and they went for it. Seattle has a little bit more time. We're like, Hey, we had a team. They just want us back. I think they're going to love us either way. They have an amazing, they, they, they've done great with marketing. The, 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 the state the arena is amazing. And um, I think that, we're going to see this team being built. I will admit, James, what's surprising is I thought that they would have goaltending. I really thought that they'd have goaltending and they don't. Their goaltending is exactly the opposite of what I expected. Um, 
I actually am surprised by how much scoring they're getting. I expected the scoring to be the problem. And it's, I mean, it's not like it's gangbusters, but it's, it's better than Vancouver. It's better than, uh, uh, than Los Angeles, San Jose. It's the goaltending that is surprising for me. Um, the biggest surprise for me is Vancouver. I mean, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. I mean, this, this, this team is headed for a brick fucking wall. I mean, it is only a matter of time before we see a GM um, get popped out of there, which is sad because I think that Vancouver and I think that Vancouver um, and Seattle being at the bottom kind of sucks because I think that we really wanted to see a brooding um, or a budding uh, um, rivalry there. But um, that is my spiel on Seattle. James, did you have anything to say about that? Like a rebuttal, I guess. No, just looking at the stats here and I was like, what are they doing so bad? They just they can't put it together for some reason or other. Which yeah, is tough because they, they got some good players, man. You got Elias Peterson. His dad just passed away, I believe. Yeah, he is. He, he, he looks lost. Tough one. Um, Quinn Hughes, great player. And you're going to have to pick if you want to pick Quinn Hughes for it's going to be tough, you know? JT Miller is also a good player. Like they have some great players. There's some big names. We can put it together for, for some reason. It's just not happening. So yeah, I get where you're coming from. Because last season they were doing pretty all right too, but not bottom like the cracking is tough. Yeah, Elias Pedersen has been just absolutely a different player. I mean, it, it's something that I I don't know if it's between the I don't know if it's if it's with between the ears. I don't know if it's confidence. He just does not look like the player we expect, um, and that's sad because uh, he he's he's a player that can make a difference every single night. Um, so Elias Pedersen, I really hope you you turn it around. Um, you know, for your sake. Um, that's it. That's all I got. I know this is a little long, but that was fun. You guys, we, we barked back at each other. We had, I mean, the first one was a big, was, was a nice uh, discussion. So uh, next week we'll, we'll get back to some ODAMs, but um, that's, that's it for the podcast uh, for this week. Uh, I, I just want to, we just want to say thank you to all of our fans. Um, please check us out on all, on all the, um, you know, podcatchers out there. Uh, check us on YouTube. And, and um, you know, if you want to see some facial expressions um, and all that, all that fun stuff. And really from, from the TLDR family to yours, happy Thanksgiving. Um, this is the first thanks. It feels like this is the first Thanksgiving in years that we actually get to gather and be with our families. So please enjoy it. Please be safe. Um, eat a lot of Turkey. And if you don't like Turkey, eat whatever the fuck you like to eat. Uh, as long as you're with your family, that's all that matters. Give thanks. We give thanks to you, the fans. Um, um, and uh, we, we look forward to, to providing you another great episode next week. Have a great week. Bye.